Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. I want to share some scripture this morning about the birth of Jesus, but also in the if you'd, if you'd like to keep in mind the theme of focus. But I think that uh, in, in the life we live right now, focus, God is calling us to focus. Focus on Him and focus on the right things. Who knows, you can, a bunch of us can be in the same space or the same uh, you know, circumstances or, or moment, but you can focus on totally different things. And, uh, and I think it's um, unfortunate that in the worldliness and world system, it is designed to distract us from what's important. And, uh, and so I think it's a, a gift that God can remind us to focus back on Him today. And uh, so we're going to start in Matthew chapter 1. Excuse me. Because I reckon you're probably feeling right now like your life is uncommonly distracted or hurting or painful because uh, that's the nature of pain. No one else sees it or feels it and it's so uh, intimately personal. And you can look around at other people's smiling faces and you're like, they have no idea how hard my moment is. And there's a reality layer to that. And, uh, but to temper that in life as well is the things that Scripture admonishes us about, about praising the Lord, about focusing on Him, about filling ourselves with His Word, uh, and also being hope-filled, which isn't a, a cheesy, fluffy word. Who knows right now, it's, there's a real tangible nature to hope. You can see when someone's got hope now. When everything's going well, it's hard because everyone's like, pew, pew, yes, finger guns out. You know what I mean? Yes, I'll praise the Lord. Yeah, God's good. <laughs> uh, when everything's good, but it, hope really rises to the fore. It comes out. Uh, unfortunately, like a sponge, when it's pressured, then you see what's inside of it. And when the world system and the, the groanings of the earth start to put pressure on places even in society, but also our own life, we see the juice of what's in us. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will be, bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, miracle there, Joseph woke from sleep did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. 
So there was challenge before Jesus even got here. I mean, the whole narrative is crazy. Why on earth would God risk it on a baby? Risk the redemption of mankind on a baby. Can't do anything for, for themselves. And yet I think God in His hilarity is like it doesn't come through the, the strength of the flesh. It doesn't come through natural wisdom. That He's like, you know what? You're going to have to trust me the whole way. And even God's redemptive plan that He'd prophesied. He's like, no, we're not going to do it through someone strong and mighty that's already a warrior. It risked even, even before Jesus got here, you know, natural thinking, Joseph's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know, I might, I might call this off. You know, I mean, there was challenge before Jesus was even born to the protection and the security of God's plan. In Matthew 2, we continue on. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Over in Luke, it talks about that uh, the night when Jesus was born, that angels turned up to them in the field and said, hey, guys, right now, the Saviour is being born. And so again, bizarrely and supernaturally, we see that there's some people through their intellect could tell that He was coming, wise men that could understand seeing a star by because of focus. Someone else like, you know, Half the, my friends around town, if they saw this crazy big star, would just be like, no way, man. Let's go get a kebab. You know what I mean? Because they weren't looking out for that. Or maybe there's a pot of gold at the bottom of that thing, you know. Whereas, so, so God at the same time, he, there was wise men that he spoke to. And there was also just, uh, you know, uh, uh, shepherds people in the field that he actually had to get angels to speak to directly. So whether it's through intellect, whether it's through a supernatural manifestation, God is working on all fronts. Why? Because there's challenge on all fronts uh, to see the Saviour protected and, and in this world. So it says, Wise men came from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When, king, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And that term Christ wasn't the last name. It wasn't Joseph Christ and Mary Christ. And then so it was Jesus Christ. That, that term is the anointed one of God. God's anointed and so all throughout prophecies, there's one coming, there's an anointed one coming that, was, that God's grace was on to lead His people. And so King Herod is saying, inquire where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod when he had secretly called the wise men, this is Matthew chapter 2, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent to them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child now, not a baby. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. 
And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, out of Egypt, I called my son. Then Herod, when he he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts for two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. So we see in Matthew 1 that there was challenge before Jesus was born. We see in Matthew 2 that there was challenge after Jesus was born and, and that the whole time that the wise men were warned uh, not to go back, not to tell Herod, even though he's like, oh, let me know. And then, uh, and then so I can worship him. They were divinely warned in a dream. And then Joseph was as well. But there's a lot of time in this. Sometimes we think all the things in God are like this. You know what I mean? And, and so literally by the clock, by the timeline, uh, Herod, when he realised he was deceived, this is two years because he's like, look, just to be safe, I'm going to try and annihilate everyone up to two years old. And so there's, there's, there's weeks and months in all these journeys. And even for a king, it's not like today where there's cameras everywhere and you can see in an instant if someone's contravened a certain rule or regulation somewhere. And so we see that even the ruling powers were, at the time, were trying to cut off God's anointed child. Why? Because of the power of God's love because of His anointing. And that word Christmas, um, we, we just think about it as trees and, uh, and presents, but it's a, the Christ Mass, it's a, it's a celebration, the Mass of Christ, the anointing. It's a celebration that God's anointed child, the firstborn, has come and has redeemed mankind. And so it should be a celebration. Not on our own strength, not because everyone thinks great, not because we've always got a pile of cash and presents bursting out the seams and uh, enough leftovers now for a week, you know, but, but because God's anointing, His love, His power has broken in on humanity. And that, yes, there's always challenge to it, but we can reach out by faith and receive from God. And I think it's something that we need to notice this year. We need to focus on, be a noticer. Like those wise men, they noticed something. It was in the sky, but only the wise men that were looking for Jesus, looking for God's anointed one, saw it. What do you notice? What are you focused on? Be a noticer. It's in the details. Someone can walk into a situation and most of us don't notice anything and then someone will go, hey, by the way, you know, there's something on your life that you notice more than anyone else. You might notice people's hardship. 
Everyone else is like, hey, you good, mate? Yeah, we're good. Cool, cool, cool. And then someone else is like, hey, I might just go and catch up with someone. I like, why? Oh, I don't know. They just don't quite seem right. Why? They're a noticer. They've got a heart of compassion for someone. Uh, I, some people are practically noticers. I look at something and go, oh, it's broken. I don't know. I, I, we'll just have to look and buy another one. And then another friend who's practically mine, he goes, oh, hang on a sec. Gets his drill out. Oh, yeah, it's fixed. All good. So he noticed that I, I was oblivious that it was repairable. Why? Because there's something in the details. And in God's plan for your life, you've got to focus sometimes to notice. And whether it's just your computer screen or it's the life that you live and work, you've got to focus on a priority because otherwise all the distractions will take you off track. You don't have to be a bad person. You can just get totally distracted that easily. As soon as we got a little bit of time off and Eliza and I, it's like when once we were walking into time off, we're like, we're going to delete social media from our phone. I'm not saying it's fantastic or it's evil. I'm just saying, you know what? There's a time when we're, let's just focus. Let's just, just put the other noises just back a little bit more and let's just focus on the goal of the next little while is refreshing and family time and enjoyment uh, rather than distraction, rather than how good you guys are all enjoying yourself over the next week or two. Love you, but I've got to focus on something because if I blow this time, then there's another 11 months of busyness coming. So you've got to notice the, the moment that you're in. For me, practically, I, I have, um, to help me focus, I usually carry earplugs around because noises just get me, seems to be uh, more than others. So like right now, I've got two types that uh, I know, you know, I know I was preaching, so. But uh, usually any time of the day or night, you've like, you got earplugs on. Yes, I do. And uh, just because if I'm focusing on something, whether it's writing or thinking or, or whatever it is, that sometimes you've just got to tone down some of the other voices. And so what you allow to distract you says a lot, but also what you, uh, what you protect in your focus. I've, uh, we've got animals and um, yesterday, one of my kids got this fantastic little thing and it reminded me of how animals behave because you, don't, you can't tell what an animal's thinking or noticing by his eyes because they're on the side of his head. <laughs> so you can't see what they're looking at because they're out, they're out there. And you're like, Do, but you can tell by their ears. And so you can see what someone's looking at. You're like, oh, I'm creeping up on an animal because it's looking the other way. But then it goes. <laughs> and you know, I'm sprung. You know, any hunters in the place. <laughs> you, don't know, you don't have to look at an animal's eyes. You look at his ears. <laughs> you can tell how excited someone is. Again, you can look at their eyes, but also their eyebrows, you know? There's, there's, there's tells. And so yesterday, my kids, the whole day, were pumping these little things. Why? Because you can tell so much about someone just by the details. You know what I mean? You think you're hiding it from everyone, maybe that you're struggling with stuff. And, but they can tell. You think you're pristine, and they, to, but every, to everyone else, you're dishevelled. You know, how you go, yeah, I'm good, mate, I'm good. You're not hiding it. <laughs> We're definitely not hiding things from God. He notices the tiniest detail. You can't have this, it's my kids, so I know. I'm not going to do the crowd pleaser and throw it out there. 
there was a Morse code, uh, there was an interview, it was for the armed forces and uh, all these people in the room and, and there was like a bunch of them and uh, they were all trying to impress because it was a well-paid and a, a, a great, uh, you know, uh, the conditions around um, this position were there and everyone was keen and, and there was a lot of people there and so people, you know, this one guy's starting to get concerned, he's like, oh man, and then uh, someone would go in for their interview and wait for the next, he's like, I'm going to be there all day. And then as he, as, it, as he noticed that over time, the group thinned out and it looked like people were just so frustrated that one guy would just get up and leave. And then after a half hour, two other guys would just get up and walk out. And he's like, this is great. I will show that I am patient. I will show that I am, you know, more, more consistent than anyone else. And it gets down to him. A couple of people left. The next guy walks in. He's like, I'm next. He walks in and they say, look, thanks so much for coming, but you're unsuccessful. And he said, but I waited. I was here. You know what I mean? Like if there was a test, surely I passed it. And they said, no, no, no. The test was that we were putting Morse code really subtly in the waiting room. Did you notice that little beeping? He said, oh, yeah, I kind of did. And he said, so the position was if you could notice that and if you could understand Morse code because you need Morse code for this role. And he blew it. Why? Because the people that were attuned... To what was going on, get the prize. And that's life. (laughs) And so, right now, there's a lot of distractions, and I reckon it's a really great time to be a noticer, to be focused. And I can guarantee you, probably, you know, daily before, in every five minute increment, you're going to get a chance to get taken off your priorities, taken off your goals, taken off what's important. And you, you could start the day praying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Okay, great. Uh, and then within five or 10 minutes, a beep, a, a reminder, something's going to come up. Even if you're like, I'm going to be working focused on my computer screen. There's ads. There's all that kind of crazy stuff going on. You know what I mean? Uh, ads about technology uh, that is on sale. <laughs> Terrible distractions. You know, whatever it be, And so I think that we need to focus, one, on God. He's our only chance. And because His anointing and His grace isn't always evident, but it is if you're noticing. It is if you're focused. It is if you're grateful. Suddenly you're like, you know what? Someone else might think that everything's wrong and you're like, you know, but thank you, Lord. I noticed your grace in a detail. And if you can start to focus and find God in the details, I can tell you what, that awareness of His grace will start to grow. The awareness of opportunity will start to grow. And I think focus helps us to understand which moments we're preparing for and also which moments are we getting distracted from. If you have no focus, then everything's fine. Wake up, what are we doing? We're just cruising. Oh, yeah, that's a good thing. Woo, yeah. Oh, then there's a thing here. Oh, and then something else came out. Oh, yeah, oh. How's the day? Oh, I think it was good. I feel okay. But I find in life that it's not only just feeling good in a moment, but then upon reflection, you go, was it a good day? Lord, what happened? Was it a good year? The world is telling you it was a terrible year. And maybe elements of your life are telling you it was a terrible year. Maybe your finances or your industry uh, or your travel arrangements or your holidays are all telling you it's a terrible, catastrophic year that's happened. But can you notice the gold? (laughs) 
as I'm not discounting and discrediting bad things that have gone on, but anyone can find those things right now. That doesn't take a brain surgeon, but I tell you what, it does take someone skilled in God's anointing to find where he's walking right now. Skilled in God's grace and his, and his Word. And go, okay, Lord, wow. Okay, what has been good this year? Lord, you know what? It's brought elements of my family closer together. Lord, thank you so much for that. If you can open your mouth on a day like today with gr- praise and gratitude to God. And you might be like, Christian, there's nothing, man. 99% of my life is gone. That's reality. Some harsh realities. It really is. You know, my uncle, I had an uncle died two, two days ago, Christmas Eve. You know, my dad's just about to tick over 80, 80 years old, just lost his, his brother. Like two, you know, there's, there's realities. There's things go, that go on. I'm not flipping about that. But also I can't abandon everything in my life for the next 12 months and focus on that. You can acknowledge what's going on, but can we today, and I want to encourage you today, can we find God? Because He's out there to be found. Can we find Him in the field? Can we find Him maybe in the Scriptures? Can we find Him somewhere by the wise men? Maybe not, who knows? Can you find Him today? John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. There is infinite amount of things that you can hunt this year, find, value, focus on. I just want you to make sure that you're focusing on what God wants you to be focusing on and not what the distractions are trying to get you to focus on. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you sent him into this world to redeem us, Lord, to save us from our sins. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Lord, help us not to get distracted by even the moment that we're in. But Lord, to look at our life in an eternal perspective, to live it in a way forward that we can have perhaps no regrets or less or no even regrets as we could look back and reflect upon the decisions that we've made, the stands that we've made for you, for our, for our priorities, for our family, for our friends, for our own character and soul. And so Lord, we do thank you that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Lord, we thank You that You didn't send Your Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world, we might be saved through Jesus Christ. God, we thank You that we still, despite all that's gone, all that's been battle-weary and evaporated and turned to dust in maybe the last year, two, three months, six months, despite all that's gone, Lord, that we still have You. Despite what happens in this life, we still have hope in this life and the next. Father God, we thank You 
We're not here to try and impress people, but to honour you, the one who gives us life, who breathed that breath of life into us, that keeps our very heart beating, that gives clothes on our back and you bless our food and water. And so God, friends around, other believers to encourage one another while it's still called today, Lord, these grateful things. Lord, and we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to receive communion this morning together. If you want to prepare those elements. Whenever God, whenever I, I start talking to God about what I don't have, he always starts talking to me about what he's already given me. You know, for Moses, but Lord, he's like, well, you've got a stick. And breakthrough came through wielding the seed of what God had already given us to walk into God's promised land. I can guarantee you today there's something in your life God wants to activate for his kingdom. If you're like, Lord, I mean, you could, we could see it in Scripture. Lord, I'm down to my last meal. He's like, well, bake a cake. But Lord, I've got empty pots. They're empty. Okay, gather them together. Pour out the last little bit of oil. Yes, we may be at the end of our rope today. Our humanly, our human strength, our worldly hope. But God will say that it's a great moment to turn your eyes on him. If you've come to the end of yourself, it's a great time to meet Jesus. (laughs) It's a great time to give your life over to your heavenly Father who created you. If you can just repeat after me this morning, I'd just love us to pray together. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name and I give you my life, my whole future, my shortcomings, my failings and my successes. Father God, I trust you with my life I give it into your hands and I will follow you. I will focus on you and pursue you all the days of my life. I receive your love, the love you have for me. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.